Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Human Experience at Work podcast. This is Nelly Bustani, and today I have the pleasure of welcoming Samir Samman. Samir is the Chief Human Resources Officer of King Abdullah University of Science and Technology, known as KAUST. Prior to the CHRO role, Samir has held different positions within KAUST HR organization, including leading the HR support services and being the Director of People Services, a key position that oversees all people activities, including talent acquisition, global mobility, employee services, and HR systems and technology. Samet joined KAUST in 2015 as an investment manager in the Innovation Fund and brought with him 18 years of varied experience in operation, investment, and business, having worked in different industries, both outside HR and KAUST, locally and internationally. He also serves as an independent director in different committees in KSA and served as board member and observer on several startup companies. Samer, welcome to our Human Experience at Work podcast. King Abdullah University of Science and Technology is a graduate research university renowned by global benchmarks. It is a fairly young university with great impact and potential. The New Nature Index ranks KAUST globally as the top 10 young universities out of 175. And you're also in the top 50 worldwide based on the QS score. Since the onset of the pandemic, KAUST as a research institute has been quite active on a global level as well as locally. Tell us more what the university has been busy with. Uh, thank you, Nelly. Of course, um, the, um, as you mentioned, the university is a research and graduate uh, level uh, institution. Now, we've been busy with many things, but uh, maybe let's talk about what's the university been bu busy with in, uh, during the pandemic. Um, so uh, upon the call of our president, Tony Chan, to cause people to contribute through their research uh, capabilities linked to COVID-19, really pandemic. So uh, we had many efforts coordinated uh, through our uh, Vice President of Research, Professor Donald Bradley, and also uh, Professor Pierre Magistrati, KAUS Dean of uh, Biological and Environmental Science and Engineering Division. They mobilized a group of faculty uh, in the university uh, uh, to form the Rapid Response Research Team, uh, R3T. We call them R3T. So they are really focused on collaborating with uh, strongly to support the kingdom, uh, healthcare uh, stakeholders to help uh, combat the spread of COVID-19. The R3T group of faculty has been in close contact with the Saudi Center uh, of Disease Control, uh, CDC, and the Ministry of Health as well, to coordinate efforts that will uh, synergize and ensure fast and reliable diagnostic tests also on the international level, the group has been monitoring development in other uh, academic and biotechnology laboratories, in particular the R3T initiated a collaboration with the University of Oxford to implement a novel test that would greatly simplify the virus detection process. This is in a nutshell really what the group has been working on during this pandemic. Well, that's great to hear. And I know, you know, research institute have a big role to play to accelerate you know, the vaccine uh, and finding really the cure. But as a result, also as an institute, you had to move to online teaching and a re remote work paradigm in a relatively short period of time. 
So tell us more about this, this shift. How did you manage the transition both from for your educational staff, your teachers, your tutors, as well as for your students? Uh, well, uh, thank you, Nelly, for the question. Really, I think this is an important question because the chaos in higher education is not an isolation of other institutions, of course. There might be similarities in the approach that uh, uh, universities uh, took during this pandemic, especially that, you know, it's unprecedented times for the whole world. Uh, maybe I I'll start, maybe I take it one step back uh, with our emergency response plan before I start going into the, uh, the impact or the transition of our, uh, our, uh, to, the, to our staff and, uh, and students. Now, traditionally response plans focus on disasters like um, earthquakes, floods, you know, fires. Uh, and normally you only find one page uh, for a pandemic description because it's really hard to uh, control a pandemic. So really what happened here for the university, which I think played a big role for a smooth transition and especially for HR involvement as well. So the, uh, normally you have somebody on the ground monitoring the emergency. However, you know, pandemic is about impacting, people are being impacted. So really you cannot have somebody on the ground. So what happened really, we kind of revised rapidly our emergency response plan through the direction of our president. He rolled up his sleeves and took charge of the whole situation. And all of the stakeholders got involved and really uh, broke all the silos, which helped us put together a, a smooth transition plan. And so I go back now to your question. I think the first two things the university did was introducing remote working for faculty and staff, and then to help moving uh, courses online and also teaching. But also on the business uh, level, we managed to hibernate our research lab. As you know, most of our uh, students' work uh, is in labs. So it was very important for us to hibernate the labs uh, in the university. Now, to manage the transition, Nelly, uh, we had to assess the process and find the gaps and act fast to fill these gaps. Um, our academic affairs department, uh, uh, in HR, really, we, we mainly manage non-academics, but we are uh, indirectly involved with the, with the academics. So our academic affairs department amended the student evaluation of teaching for the spring 2020 term. It's really a survey. This redesigned survey examined the adaptability and satisfaction level of CAUS graduate students to online learning, capitalizing on what we've done uh, during the spring and summer, which later on, maybe we can talk about what's our plan for the future and during the fall. So students are stakeholders in this, and it's, their opinion is very important to shape our plans, but also faculty. So uh, the Academic Affairs Department also ran a survey to measure the satisfaction and challenges with online uh, or moving to online teaching. So uh, our faculty were asked to consider teaching strategies and technologies for the remote delivery. And this is really, uh, this was key because of the rapid shift. In parallel to that, I think uh, it was very evident that uh, sustaining remote working or remote teaching is not easy. So we focused our resources on the health and well-being of our faculty, staff, and students as well, making considerable investments uh, in our uh, employee wellness programs, which is also extended to students. 
uh, to support them emotionally and uh, also support their mental well-being. Well, there are many great points you mentioned there, Samer, and I'd like to highlight two of them. First of all, the importance of keeping a pulse on student as well as teacher's experience, because they are both key stakeholders in making this remote teaching uh, experience a success. The second one is the focus on employee well-being. And it's not only about the physical well-being, but also the mental health of both faculty and students. Now tell me, how did all these changes impact you and the HR team? It must have been overwhelming, but I'd like to hear it from you. Uh, well, um, it, it's funny you, you ask that because really uh, I was talking to my team um, a couple of weeks ago. HR has been really in the center of this pandemic and response plan. Fortunately, HR started its transformation journey back in uh, early 2019. Uh, we adopted our new HR partner model that had fortunately prepared us to respond and to be agile. And I think the key word here is agile in our response to the COVID-19 pandemic. One of the most important things uh, we have done as a university is to support our employees and their families through the current COVID-19 crisis. Now, traditionally, uh, you know, in HR, we're focusing on the um, transformation and uh, digitalization and automation, you know, all of the big trends that are happening, uh, which is also added value to HR. However, the pandemic really shifted the, the focus a little bit back to the, I would say, the fundamentals and essentials, you know, the people. In KAUST, uh, our role, um, Nelly, in HR is a bit unique. KAUST is not just an institution, uh, it's, it's a town. So really being uh, uh, involved with the employees and family are key. While no organization, uh, I would say, could have foreseen how uh, this would develop, we rapidly put in place safeguards and extensive communication to our people on what was happening and how we were responding to this. Remember, if, you know, if you're asking people to go home and isolate, you know, you're, you're isolating them from everything, you know, and putting them in a box and closing that box, you, they need uh, assurances. They need to know you know, um, what's going on. So communication was key and we really have an amazing communication department that what, what part of our strategy, the president's strategy to uh, when he uh, put together the, the response plan team, the director of communication was also in the middle of all of this because communication was key. Now uh, to HR, uh, we had many people uh, stranded abroad when the pandemic hit back when we started taking measures in February um, and March, we had many people stranded outside of the kingdom. You know, we supported over 1000 people uh, who found themselves overseas. And really this is a big number uh, because of the travel restrictions that uh, we are all aware of. Uh, it was imp imposed uh, on all of either in the kingdom or in other countries as well. Uh, those employees wanted to come back, but those also who had to repatriate, you know, the psychology of this pandemic, even though the kingdom managed the, you know, the situation well, uh, and even though some of our employees knew that their home country maybe didn't do much efforts or didn't do the same efforts the kingdom did, but it's psychological, they want to go back home. So, and in KAUST, we do take pride. We have over 100 nationalities 
compromise the, our uh, uh, our workforce. So uh, we need to cater for all of this. So we continue this support to our people during this crisis, both on their work and also well-being. We did something that we have not done before. Uh, uh, we went out of our way as an employer, I believe, and uh, we helped our employees to also come back to the kingdom. We chartered, uh, we arranged chartered flights by Kaust and also the uh, private uh, aviation in the kingdom, uh, provided testing support, uh, worked closely with the Ministry of Health. So all of this to uh, make sure that they return to the normal workplace safely. This is great. You know, what you just described is really how organizations go above and beyond to really take care of their employees. You mentioned, you know, assurance, you mentioned the psychology of this pandemic and also how you had to go uh, the extra mile to bring these people back to the kingdom. Uh, this is, I think, the test that a lot of organizations are going through during tough times. And that will, uh, this experience will remain because this is what, uh, you know, people will remember eventually. Now, you mentioned that in 2019, you started your HR uh, transformation. And a lot of HR organizations were challenged during the the pandemic and the remote work environment because they were either behind or they haven't, let's say, put an emphasis on digitizing HR. Uh, how was that experience for, for CAUS and to which extent uh, was accessibility to data and this data-driven mindset really present and embedded in HR and how has it helped? If we look around us, and I believe, and as also as a science and technology institution, we were lucky to have the infrastructure we need, okay, uh, to respond to the, uh, the pandemic and also uh, to be agile in a way that will help the, uh, the transformation. We did have a, I would say, a connected platform. The tools were out there for us. Uh, what this pandemic did just accelerated uh, and gave us some kind of drive uh, to make these technological tools a habit in our day-to-day -day business. So I think this was the, we were lucky, and I know many uh, institutions are in the same uh, position. For those who didn't really capitalize or embark on that transformation, I think it's been a struggle for them and for their employees. Absolutely true. Moving on to the future, and I know, let's say, a lot of the trends and the behavior that we have seen during the pandemic challenged a bit, you know, the traditional thinking, the traditional mindset, be it in, uh, in the way, you know, HR should serve its employee, or even the way we uh, conduct learning or, you know, the traditional classroom and on-site learning concept. How do you see the future of higher education learning evolving beyond, you know, the current situation? And how is the is KAUST, you know, preparing the ground for this shift? Well, uh, you know, as an, as an, I don't claim to be an, an higher ed uh, expert, but also, you know, there are signs and trends. And uh, I think um, the business model tends to sway uh, to the, uh, I'd say, the, uh, the trends that are out there. You know, online learning has been there. I think now it, it will be embedded. I can speak of chaos and how it's preparing our ground for this. So at the moment, the university is in a, in a, I would say, like other universities, in the middle of intersection, trying to find the right path, okay, moving forward. However, the science shows that online learning 
will be key. So uh, our president has um, created a task force for uh, uh, online and continuing education. This is something that KAUST will be embedding in its business model. Also, the university is organizing open sessions with the students to show them the content uh, of the core steps, techniques. Uh, basically, we're trying to bring the stakeholders together to, I would say, draw that future. It's very important to draw that future together and how we can redesign the courses so we can continue being an, uh, an elite institution when it comes to our um, course delivery and impact that we take pride of. On the basis of that feedback and recommendations also from faculty through surveys, uh, we designed a series of workshops. The goal of these workshops are to prepare for online instruction in the fall, which we did but also looking more into the future, also developing the skills. Now you, you need to have the fundamentals, you know, for the upskilling that is required for faculty to use the required technologies and tools necessary to meet this evol evolving teaching and learning needs. Uh, we're also planning a course design academy. Uh, this model uh, goes beyond workshops and provides an intensive, for example, week-long or over the course of a semester uh, where faculty development experience, uh, faculty apply or are nominated to attend this event. Each faculty brings on their courses uh, to the training with expectation that they will use learning to redesign their in-class course. So I think we're, uh, work is in progress when it comes to uh, what KAUST plans for the future. So Samir, what is in your opinion, the future teaching model for KAUST, knowing that you are a research institution and you have hibernated your labs? Yes, um, so I would say a hybrid model makes sense. Uh, it's important, as I said uh, earlier, we do have labs. Most of our uh, student work depends on their lab work. Uh, and research. So lab is a, a integral part of the education uh, here in KAUST as a, uh, as a graduate level institution. So a, a hybrid model has to, uh, has to exist. So let's hope this pandemic will be over soon and the student will be able to return to their labs on campus and continue their researches. Um, looking forward into the future of higher education summer, what are the opportunities in your view or the top three priorities for CHROs in higher education that you know will enable them to prepare uh, better and respond to the future industry shifts as well as needs? Uh, I think uh, Nelly, CHROs need to be empowered, of course. Uh, sometimes uh, big changes has to come from top. We're lucky here in Cows that our president um, uh, Tony Chan, uh, through his vision, he started a transformation for cows. So this helped me in person. But I think uh, other CHROs need to uh, be aligned uh, when they think of the top actions they need for their institution. They need to be aligned with the strategic direction uh, of their university. Uh, in my opinion, at least from my top actions for the future, I think, Nelly, that accelerating the digital transformation HR is very important. Also accelerating the automation of tasks and processes is central uh, moving forward. 
I would say the upskilling or the accelerating the digitalization of upskilling and reskilling to uh, prepare uh, for what's uh, what's coming in the future. I did mention before, but I also mentioned again here, focus on expanding employee well-being programs. I think employee well-being will take a new dimension really here. Uh, the wellness, uh, as you said, it's not just the physical uh, well-being, but also the mental well-being to sustain, especially that we know remote working uh, kind of becoming one of the new norms. And I would say this is one of the actions, uh, at least it's on my agenda, to redesign. At this, at this stage, we're responding. Uh, remote working is working well. The question is how sustainable is remote working and the well-being of employees? So I think one of the actions I believe is important is to find, uh, to redesign the remote and flexible working and find the right balance to preserve the institution culture, work culture, but also the well-being of the university and what benefits it brings to the institution and also to the employees. Having said that, I think uh, it is an opportunity for HR professionals uh, in general, that they leverage of this and lead the way in designing and embedding the way of the new way of working, new ways of thinking, uh, developing their own skills, capability, agility, and uh, resilience. So, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't have the crystal ball uh, to uh, predict, but I think uh, whatever the future will unfold, it will be very difficult to predict what is likely to happen beyond uh, the broad uh, generalization and extrapolation patterns of the past and the future. However, I think the key here is what technology will drive the the change in business model. And I think in the private sector, public sector, and that will have its share in the higher education. Absolutely, Samer. I want to re-emphasize a couple of points you mentioned there. First, the importance of keeping a pulse on employees' well-being and experience and how it affects you know, their mental health, their engagement, their productivity. This is even more crucial as remote work continues as the new normal. The second point you mentioned is around HR. And besides the need to accelerate the digitization of HR, of its services, it is important for HR leaders to rethink their role in the organization and revisit their ways of working, operating models in a way that enables them to create a higher impact, a higher value to the organization and enable that strategy to be executed well. Samir, it was great to have you here. And we loved learning how the world of higher education is evolving and the role of HR in enabling, if not leading this shift while focusing on human experience at work. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Nelly, for uh, having me. It was a pleasure. This is Nelly Bustani, and you've been listening to Human Experience at Work. Thank you so much for tuning in, listening, and leaving your reviews. Stay tuned for the next podcast to hear different perspectives from our guest speakers on bringing human experience at work to life. <laughs>